the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. He's come out of his cave. You're listening to the Knuckle Drags Extravaganza if you're joining us on Zed Digital or if you're listening to this at a later date. It's Cave Dweller Music. My name is Matt, and you might have seen a review for this band that we put up a little while ago. Pizza Death have a brand new record out. It's called Reign of the Antichrust, and we're joined by Pat from Pizza Death. Thank you very much for taking some time out and having a chat to us. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. No, nah, no worries at all. I'm, um, I can't remember how I came across this, but have you found the reaction to Pizza Death? People have a look at it see the concept, go, okay, yeah, I'll buy into this gimmick. And then after that, they go, yeah, this is actually really good crossover thread. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like there's a bit of a split. Half of the people go in like, oh, this is going to fucking suck. And actually that's, that's a lot of the reviews we've got actually is like, I was hesitant, but, you know, it's actually really good. That's what most of it is. It's like it's so, such a potentially corny concept to some people. But, um, yeah, it's amazing. We haven't really got any negative reviews or anything. Like a lot of people, yeah, are really enjoying it and really loving the gimmick. And it's kind of a joke that might stop. We didn't intend to go for this long, but we'll go as long as people keep laughing and having fun. So, yeah. And it's continued into this new record, Reign of the Antichrust. One thing I did notice going between uh, Slice of Death and this one here, and you guys have got history in punk bands as well, but you've worked out that perfect formula where all you need for the chorus is the name of the song and you just repeat that a whole bunch of times. I think that exactly. that is like the greatest hook. <laughs> I think I got that from Friends of Rome. Yeah. <laughs> they're my first, they're my port of call every time I hear that. I'm like, this is such a Friends of Rome thing. I love it. <laughs> totally. Even like uh, like Death's first album, like a lot of the- That's the a good shout, yeah. It's almost pop music and it's just, it's just really fucking heavy and it's like- what, to think you can just strip it back and be repetitive and that kind of makes for a more fun song. I reckon it's, yeah, it's it's great. And it's good for me because I have to write those lyrics. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I don't think many of your songs actually go over the two-minute mark. So it's like yeah. chorus, uh, it's verse, repeat the name of the song a few times, a few extra riffs, <laughs> and then you're done basically. You're onto us. You got the formula. <laughs> Is that something that comes from a lot of the guys in the band playing in punk and hardcore bands previously? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we've also got quite short attention spans. And we, just, <laughs> we just like playing short and fast. And I don't know. I think, think it, for me, I get a bit bored going to shows when songs go for like six, seven, eight minutes, even three minute songs for me after a whole set. It's like, come on. But when there's just no time to get bored, I think for me, that's the funnest shows that you can see sometimes. It's obviously different to getting lost into like a big, long song that draws you in. But I think it's a different experience and we're really trying to sort of lean into that and just be like just explosions of energy, a few pieces of jokes, and then some more. Get as many stuff. ideas into as short of songs as you possibly can. Pretty much. And I honestly think that's partly why this is kind of works. If if it was an eight-minute song about fucking salami, the joke would be like, this is ridiculous. But if it's over before you even have a chance to think about how stupid it is, I think that's part of the key. It's just like, yeah, rapid-fire jokes go. Because then you have it in the back of your head going, Wait, what was it that they just said? i got to go back and listen to it. And it takes them a while to catch on to it. Yeah, I, I like to think it, it adds to the listenability and makes you want to go back and hear it again. Uh, Reign of the Antichrist came out through Disdain Records. How did you guys um, get involved with them? Um, ben reached out to us um, maybe about a year ago. 
um, sort of to say that he wanted to put out, so Ben's from Disdain and he was interested in putting out our first record, but he missed the chance. Um, we got sound to uh, downtune for that record. Um, and then so, yeah, about six months ago, he hit us up again and was like, we, I really want to do this. And he had a bunch of really great ideas, like uh, the whole Ninja Turtles concept and the four different colours. It's all from him and, like, the way we promote it. And he's, yeah, he's done such a great job getting the record out there and getting new people to hear it and reaching a new audience. Um, it's been a really good move for us, yeah. There's four members of Pizza Death. Which of the yeah. Ninja Turtles are you? Oh, me. Oh. I, th- I think I, I'm a very on day to day, depending on how much pizza I've had. <laughs> There's a spectrum, but the other members of the band, how like what Ninja Turtle would you class them as, or are they? Would you go so far as to say they're like a they're a Casey Jones kind of character? Yeah, probably the latter. Yeah. <laughs> did you grow? Really, yeah. <laughs> did you grow up watching Ninja Turtles? I did, but I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of cartoons as a kid. So I guess it sort of added to like the excitement of it a little bit. Just like, yeah, I feel like you're sort of doing something naughty when you watch it. And yeah, yeah. I remember I had the toys and, and like uh, the action like the action figures and comics and stuff. It's so awesome that you still see kids in Ninja Turtles merchandise and still you go into a toy shop and still buy all that stuff. It's great. Nothing's changed. <laughs> I know I went and saw um talk to me the other day and they had an ad for the new Ninja Turtles movie. And I was like, how many of these things are they gonna make? Just keep pumping them out. There's a new new audience every year, I guess. I know and I don't know if you've seen this, but each time they release the new Ninja Turtles, I don't know whether it's because I'm getting old, so I'm going up the scale, but they seem to be getting more and more kid like. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So I think I we're biased, but I also do agree that. Yeah, yeah, that was like the the late 90s, early 2000s one was like real dark. Maybe it was just of the time, real dark yeah. and gritty. And then there's just like the hyper-colorful Nickelodeon one, and they've yeah. gone hyper-colorful again. And I'm like, where is this going for? Like, Raph's no longer mean and grumpy. He's just, <laughs> you know, a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, like sort of around the edges of a bit, I think, uh, like everything, though. Did you um, know that it originally came from a comic book, The Ninja Turtles, and it used to be way darker and way more violent? I didn't know that it came from that, but when I found out they had a Batman and Ninja Turtles crossover, I went out to buy that because I'm like, that is, that, that's just one of those bits of pop culture. They're like, that's never going to happen again, you know? <laughs> I love it. So you grew up reading the Ninja Turtles comics then? I remember having a handful of, I can't remember specifically, but they were quite worn. Um, yeah. Uh, there was, if I was to see him again, I could probably remember all of the speech bubbles without looking at them. <laughs> the one thing that, well, as th- doubling back on back to the record, have you included in the previous Pizza That stuff, have you included Ninja Turtle sound clips onto the records? Because that's one other thing that is very unique about you guys. And one of my favourite Brisbane bands, We Set Sail, did it for the longest period of time, is yeah. those little maybe, you know, 10 to 15 second clips at the start that sort of outline what's going to happen in the song. Where yeah. do you guys find all those clips? Just a lot of internet trolling and, like, even, like, I, I watch a lot of movies and stuff and we all sort of like a lot of TV, so usually when we we might see a mention to pizza, like, oh, shit, we've got to keep an eye. Like, we'll always, someone will send through a clip like, you know, Sopranos or one of the other ones we've used on the albums. And there's there's a, a bank. I have a folder on my Google Drive, just a bank. And there's a lot of really shit ones. They'll never see the light of day, but they're there like if you need them. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've got to be picky with um with samples. I mean, some people argue we've gone a little over the top, but we did definitely pick them very deliberately. And we sort of did a few rough drafts 
um, with different clips that just didn't really have the flow or seemed too forced or a bit too jammed in there. Um, it, it is a funny thing to be sitting around and sort of like, mm, no, this sample's mm, no, it's not, not working. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Do you have a particular favourite mine for samples that you like going through? I'm pretty sure there's two Simpsons, one on Reign of the Antichrist. But I yeah. suppose stuff that's been around for ages like that, there's probably going to be more chances it's there. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think the Simpsons are probably the easiest because, I mean, it's the longest-running show on TV. There's so much material, although anything past the late 90s doesn't count. But still, oh, there's so much material there. <laughs> I was watching one recently just because it was on TV and, you know, go, oh, yeah, The Simpsons, you know, I like The Simpsons. There's yeah. just – I think there's too many jokes, if that makes sense. It, yeah, it sounds counter. Yeah, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but like bits used to sort of play out over the course of a minute or two. But now it's like, how many times can Homer say something dumb in the space of a minute? They've run out of ideas, haven't they? They're just like, like you said, longest running TV show. They're going to have to run out of ideas eventually. <laughs> they just keep doing the same ones or doing really weird ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, another. Uh, I think the other movie that well, there's two D- Detroit Rock City samples in the new album. So that that's probably a good one as well. Um, yeah. Just, we'll just keep watching cartoons and like, you know, horror comedy and stuff are, are really good for samples. What's your go-to horror comedy to watch? Probably Evil Dead 2. That movie rules. Man, I, if I wish I had my co-host here because he loves the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, nice. He it's went so out, good. But there was a new one that came out this year, wasn't it? Evil Dead Rise. I haven't seen it, but I'm skeptical. He I'm says fine. that and talk to me. There must be like a new undercurrent in horror movies of kids getting terrorized. Yeah, right. <laughs> because that, that's what both of them are about. And he loved both of them. <laughs> but Bruce Campbell's chin, I think, carries those movies all by itself. He's 80% chin, that's why. He's 80% yeah. chin. Going back to cartoons, he could have played uh, the Crimson <laughs> Chin from Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, cartoons, you know, uh, mascots, Slicezilla is yours. Most good thrash bands do have a mascot. Two questions for you. One, where did Slicezilla come from? And two, what mascot do you reckon Slicezilla could beat in a fight? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I guess it starts with the where it came from. Um, I think we we really wanted to, and we've done it on the new album as well. Include a, a, like a almost like a monster movie in a song, and so that was the first album was Slicezilla, and the second one um, Frankenslice. We haven't got a whole lot of words to work with here, you can see, but <laughs> you get the joke. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, it's just the basic idea was like I guess it's probably one of the earliest ideas that we had of like what. We sort of knew what it sounded like, but what did Pizza Dead look like? And like the thought of a, like, uh, you'd be like 200 meters tall or something in the, in the front cover. He's huge. Um, but the thought of a pizza slice that big smashing, it's actually Melbourne in the, um, in the front cover. So him smashing that with like helicopters and jets shooting him and stuff was sort of like that. That embodies what we think it looks like if you were to kind of like, yeah. And I think that sort of was the idea to sort of convey. Like you're saying before, like to look at the cover and be like, okay, I think I know where this is coming from. And I think a lot of people, when they like it, it's like, good, that's exactly what I thought that was going to be. <laughs> but yeah, you sort of you look at mascots like uh, the one that I always think of when it perfectly describes the band is Sodom. 
can't remember the name of the mascot, but you look at Sodom and it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be 90% about war. Sure enough, it is. And like all the risks rule. <laughs> Do you reckon Slicezilla could beat the guy from Sodom? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I reckon it could take out Eddie from uh, Iron Maiden too. That's also Eddie. a good one. Try to think of other <laughs> mascots, but I'm, I'm coming up blanks. Uh, yeah, me too. I feel I like Eddie. Yeah, as soon as we finish, we're like, ah, we should have thought about that one there. <laughs> Hasn't uh, Megadeth, the guy on their covers, is like, has he got a name? Is oh, a that's character? a good question. I know the guy you're talking about, but I can't think of his name mm. off the top of my head. Yeah. A recurring okay. character um, with Pizza Death is Doug. How did you get him to do your social media? And is that a joke that you want to explain to our listeners who don't quite get it? <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, uh, I was going to ask if you knew who he was, but I guess that defeats the question. Uh, he, he showed up on one of the um, uh, the recent songs. He did, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, did you work out if Doug ever ended up getting with Margaret? I don't think he did. It's one of life's tragedies. That's a mystery, that is. That's sad. <laughs> I mean, he stayed. He, he should have gone back to work, but he didn't. I know, I know. Maybe maybe he knows the answer, but we never will because, uh, yeah, he had a few uh, brushes with the law that I think might have derailed his pizza boy thing, but... Well, I, like I, I didn't. I didn't realize that there was a a negative side to the Doug story. <laughs> uh, we don't like to talk about that, though. I don't. I don't want to. But uh, he was in the nineties uh, a pizza boy, and for us, um, like Pizza Hut, basically is the embodiment of pizza. Like growing up, you think of pizza, you think of Pizza Hut, or you can eat buffet or whatever. And Dougie was their mascot. And he um, would always deliver the pizzas, whatever. Everyone loved him. And um, everyone just remembered his big goofy grin and how much everyone enjoyed getting their pizzas dropped off. And um, we kind of, when we started the band, we're like, fucking, what happened to Dougie? I haven't seen him for ages. And one of the very first songs that we wrote was called Beast Inside the Box. And that is about Dougie going on delivery in the pizza box beside him coming alive and tearing off his head. And he died. And that's why we haven't seen him since. And so we kind of just used that as a recurring, like it was almost like originally our demo just had all the instruments played by Dougie and we just sort of tried to oh, like. That's, that's class. That's really <laughs> well done. And we tried for the longest time to hide behind, like pretend we weren't real people because it was during lockdown that we started. So like we had to do a lot of our social media and stuff. We tried to, to give it Dougie space and not our own. yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, we're also like kind of camera shy, so that works as well for us to hide behind. Like on our merch photos and stuff, we'll just put Dougie's face over ours. <laughs> and he's also, <laughs> he's also on board as your uh, social media guy. So if you've ever gone onto Pizza Death's Facebook page, Dougie does all the social media. It's impressive. He's very good at it. He's a born no, no. <laughs> So was it, was it uh, Dougie's idea to do all the genius merch, I think it's fair to say. I've seen skateboards. I've seen umbrellas, I've seen pizza cutters, <laughs> more shirts than you know what to do. I'm pretty sure there's a um there's an apron in there as well. We've got a few aprons now. Yeah. Was it do you just look around your house and, and pass the message on to Dougie to be like, dude, I saw this thing. I, I think we <laughs> could sell this. <laughs> well, it's funny because so like I said, we started the band in lockdown and um basically we had a demo, but we couldn't play any shows. Um we were locked down for nearly the whole year. It was. Um, I know, man. I had a mate that yeah. living in Melbourne, um, and just every time you message them, yeah, it's like, wow, we're in lockdown again. I can only go five k's from my house. You know, it was intense. But I honestly think that being almost like 
caged up for a while, let our minds go to really weird places, and pizza death came out of that. So there's something good. And people say it was all bad. <laughs> one negative. No, one positive, sorry. <laughs> I mean, like you said, 50-50 split with how people react to pizza death. Some people yeah. would see it as a negative. Others are, you know, positive. Totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the merch ideas, like it's, is it just a case of what can we throw our name on? Oh, exactly. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. So like I was saying, we started the band in uh, lockdown and it was very hard to promote because we couldn't play shows. So we sort of turned our attention just to social media because it was free and it was easy. And sort of the way that we did that was just come up with ridiculous merch. And um, for a while in the, like the height of our lockdown, we actually were doing like weekly puzzles and stuff where like it was where's Wally, but it was all like Dougie's face. It was called Spot the Doug Prince and people loved it. We did a, did it for a little while and we're just like, what do they win? So we were like, well, an umbrella. We had like a protective face mask with Dougie all over it and we had some clocks and stuff. And so I guess at a very early point, we were very comfortable with just trying anything and thinking outside the box a little bit. And some of those things, like the aprons and the clocks, that we we came up with that very early on, and people kind of like, why are you doing that? But now people seem to have come around. But, oh, that's a good idea. And so it's sort of like, yeah, as long as people keep being interested in buying it, it's like we'll make it. And yeah, I don't know. I think it, it makes people excited to to cook as well, like with the aprons and the pizza cutters. I've got one at home, and I, when I make pizza, I got one to put it on. <laughs> So it's you and that's what I reckon are making people who are into heavy music appreciate cooking as well. Exactly. I think you might be a slightly better cook than me. <laughs> I always wonder how that guy has such perfect hair. Like it just I know, it looks I flawless in everything. And well, I'm going to get a blow dry or something. I must because I remember watching it by myself and then my girlfriend's like, who is this man and, and how is his hair so shiny all the time? What is his last? What is his last name? Is it just what I reckon? <laughs> his middle name's what and his last name's Eric. Ah, uh, see that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of trying everything, uh you guys had a video game that got yes. put out uh last record. Yes. Keeping on brand. It had Dougie in it. It did. How do you guys come up with a video game? Like is we, <laughs> we know that you're Pizza Death are well into trying anything. Being born out of lockdown, you kind of go, ah, oh, mate, what have we got to lose? We haven't played a show. Let's just see how we go. But exactly, <laughs> a video game seems like quite a, a big feat for a band that's, you know, like you said, just released a demo, just released a record and probably played under, what, 15 shows at that stage? Oh, way less. Yeah, probably less than 10 at that point. Um, yeah, so um, our drummer has a um, a background in coding. He started working as actually as a games maker, and I'm a graphic designer. And we, it's funny, we've been talking about game making a game together for years, and we tried a few things, and nothing really took off. And it's an insane amount of work, so it's very easy to let it fall away to the wayside and forget about it. But when we started Pizza Death, it's like, well, here's a reason to actually finish the game, and it took us probably two years in the background like just a few hours here and there a little spurt sometimes we wouldn't work on it for a little while but it was um yeah we just chipped away and we're like there's actually you know there's an an audience for this because usually we would be like what do you do with the game you just put it up on steam and then like tell your friends but at least and then like hope that someone gets it yeah yeah like please please but at least this is like you know there's a connection to the game so we could promote it to the band so we could promote it through that and we ended up um our friend owns a pizza shop in Collingwood called Din Slizzy, and we had a um, a night there. We projected on the wall, and like everyone played it. And um, 
like got the highest scores and whatever. We actually did that for the new album as well. We did another like a listening party. We had the projector with the the game. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, really hard game, but the drummer, he did all the coding, I did all the graphics, and I kept saying it's too hard, it's too hard. And then when I eventually finished it, I was like, nah, perfect. <laughs> it's that good level of reward. Did you guys do a, a signature pizza for the releases at, uh, was it Thin Slizzy? Um, it wasn't um, for the release, but they did end up naming one of their pizzas after one of our songs. Um, nice. Song Excruciating Pineapple. They always said we're not ever going to do uh, pineapple pizza because they're traditionalists and then they're like oh it's a pretty good name so they did this like caramelized burnt base like it's like it's gourmet um jalapenos and prosciutto and it's really fucking good actually but it has pineapple on the base instead of a tomato base it's like a, a burnt pineapple base it's insane instead of, okay so it's more like a sweet one where do you stand on dessert pizza if that's the case because i've had that before and it just feels a bit weird you know it, it's so they do pull back their sweetness a bit. I think like burning the the pineapple on the thin slizzy one, um, and so it's not as sweet as you'd anticipate it would be. But I'm not that against like honestly, I don't tell anyone, but I'm not that against pineapple on pizza. It's just I, a funnier song. Yeah, <laughs> and I, it it kind of reaches that like hating Nickelback level of if, if you have a strong opinion on it, like <laughs> what are you doing, you know? Totally. But it's funny we do a wall of death at our shows where. The people who like pineapple go on one side, and the people who hate, and it is surprisingly 50 50. <laughs> is that the ethos for the band, just to try and split it down the middle and see where it goes? Pretty much, pretty much. But also, we don't pizza shame. People should like whatever they like. That's true. So, right and wrong answer. I was about to, is there any pizza that you think's too far? I did have one that had sushi on it once, which was a bit far for me. A sushi on a pizza? Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> That's like it's one of those things where separately and by themselves, love them, great. That's perfect. Yeah, but the combination is that's a bit odd. That yeah, it's like both people from both markets would be like, no, I, I like sushi and I like pizza, but <laughs> have you had anything that weird on a pizza before? Probably not. Like I said, I think the weirdest one that I've had, and it's not even that weird, was just a dessert pizza. Yeah. So, it was like a, I think it might have been the same pizza base, but it had chocolate sauce, ice cream, and oh, assorted yeah. sprinkles. Yeah. And I never had it before, which, so I don't know whether it was the novelty of it that I wasn't a really big fan of. It tasted <laughs> fine, but it's one of those things where you look and go, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about this. Yeah, I get that. Have you guys finally made it onto Metal Archives yet, or are you still waiting to be uploaded? Well, I heard this story the other day that they um, they have been asked a few times and they refuse because we're not metal. <laughs> Is crossover thrash not metal though? Like, where, where are they drawing the distinction? Well, I mean, I feel like gatekeepers should be stopping us. If gatekeepers keepers are stopping people from coming through, we would be the prime candidates to. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a big, there's a big cardboard cutout of like, do not let these guys through, and it's exactly. just you and Slice Zilla. <laughs> like bad through the door like that. <laughs> I mean, at least the gatekeepers are doing their job, but still, where where do you draw the line? You know? Exactly, exactly. I don't know. It's kind of. I think it's funnier that we're not on there. I was listening. I was doing the checking out and seeing what we can line up for to chat. <laughs> Out of all the bands that 
that aren't allowed on there. Like you guys not being allowed on there. That's that's a laugh and a half. That is. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's true, but it wouldn't surprise me. The interview that you guys did with Ross Purdy, just pure chaos. I, I was trying to write notes, <laughs> but you were talking so much shit that I couldn't actually write notes on it because it's like when you listen to Roy and HG, you get to a point where you're like, I, I, I don't know where, like how much of this is actually true. Because even the notes wouldn't even make sense because it's so soft starty. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, how did you guys go with rage? Did that ever happen? <laughs> Afraid not. They didn't like our audition all that much. <laughs> Did he at least give you a balaclava in the end, or is that still uh, still in waiting? Nah, that's his thing. I guess if we had it, then he wouldn't be able to tell us apart. Then <laughs> I've gone through more or less everything that I wanted to have a chat out. But we mentioned off air that you guys have a tour coming up a little bit later on. Yes, in the we year, do. Uh, October, November. Um, we're going to announce that in the next few weeks. Um, still figuring out the last little details, but October, November, we're doing the East Coast. Um, we're going to be doing Brisbane, Sydney, um, and a few shows around Melbourne. And I'm probably forgetting a few, but yeah, we'll uh, yeah, be coming to your town soon. So looking forward to it. Adelaide is not making the trek over to Western Australia. It's very hard to afford it. We would uh, love to. Our bass player is actually from there, but oh, um, really. Yeah, we just can't figure out how we wouldn't lose a whole bunch of money heading over there because we're yeah not running on much cash here. <laughs> it's the thing that blows my mind that it's cheaper and quicker to fly to New Zealand than it is to fly to Perth from the East Coast. Like I'm based out of Brisbane and I'm like, how does that make any sense? It's insane. Australia is so fucking big. <laughs> it is. And just, again, like new country. I guess it is, you know, three hours compared to six hours. But, yeah, even then, yeah. that's ridiculous. Do you have any uh, highlights or anything that you're looking forward to heading around the east coast of Australia and and Adelaide? We can't forget that. Yes, yes. Sorry about that. Um, uh, we'll be heading back to Brisbane. We played um, King Lear's Throne there last time, and I've got to say that's probably one of the funnest shows we've ever played. We got such a great reception. So I'm really fucking excited to get back to Brisbane. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all going to be so much fun. Um, yeah, we love playing shows, and people have been getting really into it. Um, getting good reception in a lot of the places we play. And so, yeah, I can't wait to get back on the road and hit the stage again. From a lot of the Brisbane-based bands that I talked to, Thrash for the longest time was like, you know, the king genre here. So it does make sense that when you guys came and played that everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. good. Yeah, nice, nice. I haven't been able to um, head to King Lear's Throne, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's great, yeah. Well... I appreciate you taking some time out and having a chat to me. If uh, people wanted to get in touch uh, with you, wanted to check out the record, wanted to buy some of the multiple merch ideas that you guys have got coming out, how would they do so? <laughs> uh, our Bandcamp is probably the best place if you want any merch um, or buy, we've got records on there as well uh, or we've got Spotify. Um, so both of our albums are on there too. And then, yeah, Facebook and Instagram, just look up Pizza Death and, yeah, if you want to message us about anything, the amount of people that send us just random pizza photos and gifts and stuff, it's awesome. So if you want to do that, do it. <laughs> are they particularly heinous photos that are just like, dude, look what they put on here? Or they just go, ah, this is funny. I'm going to send it to the guys. Kind of a mix. Yeah, it might be like a funny gift or it might be like a photo of their dinner. Or Sometimes we have pizza chefs send us photos of pizzas they've made. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, although it is very hard when you try not to eat, you know, a big lunch and you're getting the a delicious pizza on your phone. You're like, oh, 
I know that feeling all too well. I'm in a group chat of like really big wrestling dorks. And there's a guy from Sydney who almost every day will send us a photo of whatever sandwich that he has. And the sandwiches are always like, yay big, meat, cheese, the whole shebang. And I'm just going, first and foremost, how the hell are you affording these sandwiches? Like they look expensive as fuck. (laughs) But secondly, God damn it. How are you eating all this, man? Like I'd feel crook. That's like three days of food, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the huge sandwich, it's just constantly like, look what I had for lunch at work today. <laughs> Rubbing it in. He is. But again, I appreciate you taking the time out and having a chat with us. Um, yeah, go check out Reign of the Antichrist, available through all the streaming services. And um, yeah, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Love your work. <laughs>